and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger with Labors in the Harvest podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today for another episode of Labors in the Harvest. And uh, again, I continue my conversation this week with Pastor Tony Shirley. Uh, Last week, we were talking about uh, how God worked in his life to move him from Kentucky and uh, finishing up college uh, to become a teacher at a new school called New Mana Christian School uh, at New Mana Baptist Church in Mary, North Carolina. And in today's conversation, we're going to listen and, and in our conversation talk about how God moved him from being a Christian school teacher, administrator, uh, into the role of the pastor at New Man of Baptist Church. Again, we want to thank you for being a part of uh, Labors in the Harvest. And again, we hope you enjoy this episode as we carry on our conversation with Pastor Tony Shirley. Well, we're glad to have you back with us in Labors in the Harvest. And uh, my guest, uh, if you were with us last week, is Pastor Tony Shirley, pastor of the uh, New Man of Baptist Church in Mary, North Carolina. And uh, last week when we ended our broadcast or our, our podcast, we uh, were talking about his journey and he was just sharing with us about a scholarship that he'd received and teaching yeah. and uh, how God really directed that and made it the right scholarship so yeah. that he could teach. So, Brother Shirley, thanks for being back with yes, me sir. today. Yes, yeah. sir. my pleasure again. So, can we pick up our conversation? Yeah. So, you were heading to, looks like, to North Carolina, right, yeah. as you're graduating from college. I was trying to figure out how that could work, and God had already worked out the details. Now, I attribute that to my mama's praying. Uh-huh. I wasn't praying about the will of God three years before, but she probably was. Yeah. And God had already worked it out. So, basically, when I moved to North Carolina, I moved here to help start the Christian school in 95. Coached ball. I was a wild man right out of college, you know, and I'd only ever been to public schools. And so when I got here, I wasn't still a preacher. Mm -hmm. I was coming here to teach, Mm -hmm. coach ball, play the piano and sing with the youth choir, just serve the pastor. And uh, so that meant for eight years, really, the government had paid for, you know, paid for my school in those Mm -hmm. eight years because I was teaching Christian school. It still marked off those scholarships. So God had worked that out. What so, year was that? I moved here in 95. 95, yeah. okay. And so we started the school there in August 95. And uh, about three years into that, you know, then the church started going through some troubles. Boy, before that, it was like when I moved here, it was the Midas touch. Everything mm-hmm. he, turned, he touched turned to spiritual gold. It was mm-hmm. God doing things. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd never been around where there was a bus ministry. The little church I grew up in, if you had anybody saved in a year, it would be basically the children growing up in the church. Uh-huh. So you might have one or two, three in a year, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm here, and all of a sudden they're bringing these kids on buses, and in one day we're having 10 and 15. And I was just so excited to be a part of yeah. something going mm-hmm. on like that. So those first few years did that. And then uh, the church entered into to a period of time where there was pretty, pretty serious trouble. Um, and uh, the founding pastor ended up having to leave into some rough circumstances. And in our little town, it was, you know, it was pretty heated. Everybody knows everything. And 
the Lord just nudged me to stay. I just stayed. You know, I just felt like I was supposed to stay. I was married at that point. Got married in 95 right before the school opened. And um, so we called a second pastor. And for a little while, it went good with him, you know. And uh, But still, we're struggling dealing with, you know, the other stuff. Fallout, yeah. After about three years, um, there was another kind of falling out with the new guy. There was a split, really, just mm-hmm. to be honest. He and the assistant pastor, uh, who had been here for 20 years, um, had some issues and it created uh, sides in the church and unfortunately you know how maybe you've heard how that goes sometimes so again in the middle of all that I just felt like the Lord said stay you just stay and I would kind of just stay and serve the young people just working at the school trying to keep it open you know doing the best we could and so when he ended up leaving our church was so hurt and broken you know we'd been through the first mess now three years later we're kind of in a whole different Mm -hmm. situation a different mess if you will and uh, at that point, God had connected me to Brother Fisher. He had become a mentor for about a Brother year. Doug Fisher, Doug Fisher, Fisher in San Diego. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. God sin, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So for probably a year, he guided me and talked to me weekly, you know, and just helped me. And so God had begun to put it in my heart that maybe he would want me to be the pastor. Mm-hmm. So I approached the deacons at one point after we were without a pastor for several months, and things were still, it was just a mess. It was just rough, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had gone from the high point was they would say around a thousand maybe on Sundays in a, in a town of you know seven or eight thousand. Mm-hmm. So we were way way down you know from all of that. And uh, I put my name in there. I said I want you to know I'm not rushing you, but whenever you think you might consider people, I want to put my name in the hat. One old deacon looked at me and he said, "So are you saying you think God wants you to be the pastor here?" And I said, "Yes, sir. That's what I'm saying." Mm-hmm. He's still here, by the way. He's a deacon still. He's got cancer. A good man. But uh, he asked me that, and so it. I would like to say, Brother Kevin, I was pretty naive uh, because I'd kind of been here and working with their young people and their children. I'd never really had any trouble with anybody. I thought everybody loved me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I often say, now, if you want to know if everybody loves you, ask them to be their pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I asked to be the pastor, uh, there was some groups that formed. A, a mass amount of them were, were good with it, you know. But mm-hmm. then there was a group that had what I call legitimate concerns. I'd never pastored. I was 30. Right. And I wasn't taking just a little church. I was taking a church that had several ministries and had been in trouble, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they had the same fears I had. Sure. I was not bothered yeah. by that. And then there was a small group that just had decided, no, they did not want yeah. me to be their pastor. So there were several more months there of pretty rough times. And uh, young preachers will look at us sometimes, Brother Kevin, and I'm, I'm behind you a little bit in the ministry mm-hmm. years, but, you know, they'll look at you sometimes and they'll say, man, how'd you get that church, yeah. you know, and everybody's story is different. Sure. When they say that to me, I always kind of laugh a little bit and I'll say, look, you don't want to get one the way we got. <laughs> <laughs> I say, basically, I didn't die. That's yeah. how I got yeah. it. And the Lord just never would tell me to leave. Mm-hmm. And then, and so I put my name forward and, and it was still kind of a, it was very contentious at times. And the Lord, through Brother Fisher's kindness, was having me just be quiet. Just don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. And the Lord used a man in our church who had pastored a little bit. And he came to the deacons and offered. He said, look, I've been around. I've pastored a little bit. His name was Joey Beam. And the Lord used him. He said, would you want me to kind of moderate some of this stuff that's going on? Kind of between the sides. And they said, please. And he stepped in, and the Lord used him. And so in October of '03, what they ended up deciding was, why don't we just try an interim period? Mm-hmm. And so we decided to go from October to January, three months of interim, and then we'll vote again in January. So um, October they voted me in, and some of those who just didn't want me to be the pastor, they did leave. Some of them have come back through the years, which is fine. 
uh, and we had three months where the Lord began to work. And to be honest with you, we just had church, which was so refreshing. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd been through so many years where every service you felt like somebody was going to try to deal with some problem, mm-hmm. you know. We just had church, and Brother Tomlinson's book, Dwight Tomlinson's book on healing the wounded church, had a chapter in it and that it helped me right then. The Lord had brought that book to me about refocus the vision. Mm-hmm. And it said, get their minds off of whatever the problems were and refocus on Jesus. So during that interim time, I preached a series on Sunday nights just on Jesus, Jesus yeah. the shepherd. Yeah. I just tried to want to, we just wanted to have church. And yeah. we did, and the sweetness of the Spirit would come. And, you know, I had a man... In some of that interim time, one of the past, one of the men in our church who had pastored before was, was filling in a Sunday, and he shared this statement that became a goal for me. He said, we know some people have left. We know some people that used to come to our meetings are not coming anymore. We understand. We're not upset. And he said, ultimately, what really matters is whether or not he still comes. Yeah. He said, whether or not his presence still yeah. shows up from yeah. time to time, no matter how many is here, if he still comes. Mm. And I remember hearing that. I wasn't the preacher yet, but I remember hearing that, and I thought, that is the key. Yeah. And so when I did become the pastor, that has been my prayer the whole time. Lord, we want people to come. We want to build the church, but we really just want to make sure you keep coming. Yeah. And, you know, and I know the promised presence where two or three are gathered. I understand that. But I'm talking about the manifest presence where, you know, he has shown up in the service right. and done a work. And so... He started doing that, mm-hmm. and that, that helped us turn the tide down. You know, it hadn't been all easy, obviously, and sure. we have our share of battles. But at that point, we just made a determination to be faithful and keep going. And so it's been 17 years. They did vote me in January of 2004. It's been 17 years, and he still comes. Amen. And so that's what we that's love. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like the uh, – I want to just maybe stop for a moment just talk about um, the wounded spirit in yes, the sir. church. Yes, sir. You can't pastor a church very long before, you know, yeah. you, you, there are going to be times when people do things that, that wound the yes. entire body. Uh, you know, in my pastor, I can think of a couple of times where we had some immorality that we had to yes. deal with. Not some, some of it was in among staff members. Yes. And, it feels like a betrayal, of course, if you're the pastor, somebody, obviously. Absolutely. I can only imagine if you're the pastor and you obviously are immoral, how it wounds the church. But right. So anyway, we had to bring those, those things forward. And, and then I, I would sense, you know, and there are times when I've, right, you know, right or wrong, there were people that I had to let go because yes. of just, they yeah. just weren't doing their job. And in, in a large church, they, they always have people around them. And yes. so nobody understands that. Nope. But what I, I came to understand is that, even when I'd stand up and feel uncomfortable because I knew that there were people out there hurting. Yes. Um, it, and I'd like to just get your perspective because you've walked through this. We never went through a split or anything like that, but church didn't seem, it wasn't like it was normal to me, you know? And I liken it to a body that has to have surgery. Mm. So when a body has surgery, you don't bounce out of the bed the next day and say, everything's back to normal. It takes time. And I think sometimes when we're not careful, we, we rush that process or we're not mm. patient enough with that process. And a pastor either leaves or people in the church leave. Yeah. Just what's your perspective on that? Well, I think you, your illustration of a body, you think about how many people have re-hurt themselves mm-hmm. by trying to go too soon. Right. right? How many right. people yeah. are we consciously, even mm. ourselves, yeah. I'm not a lay-down guy, yeah. you know, so yeah. they, they want to get back to full speed right. too soon. Right. And, and I believe that probably what you're talking about we have seen happen where okay, we dealt with that problem. Why does it still feel strange? Right, exactly. Why are we not like we were? Why mm-hmm. is everything not all yeah. the way back? Yeah. And so I do believe that there's wisdom there in the fact that there's healing time. Sure. Now, our church, um, 
that, as I said, that book and that uh, series of messages began the process. But for us, it became, you know, just kind of trying to get back to the part of having church, mm-hmm. where it wasn't every service is there going to be something said about the problem? And yeah. Is one side going to be angry? Mm-hmm. Is a bunch going to get up and storm out? And, mm-hmm. You know, and that contention can get so real that church becomes unenjoyable. Sure. And I mean, it did for us at, at some yeah. points. Mm-hmm. And so we were just trying to get back to let's have church where people can enjoy being in church. Amen. But yes, it's going to take a while. Sure. You know, I've got a preacher friend that came and visited. He had been in our church in the heyday. He had come through, you know. He'd been in some of our great meetings, mm-hmm. and he just passing through, and he's in evangelism now. He was passing through right after I kind of became the pastor, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't say it to me, but he has told me later that when he and his friend that were here left, that they thought this, you know, it's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Not because of me, just yeah. like you're talking about, right. the way the service felt, and mm-hmm. it was struggle, and uh, but it was part of the healing time. And one of the things that happened for us Brother Folger, is we became a church for the wounded. Mm-hmm. Like, Amen. when we got to where the Lord had strengthened us and we were, you know, kind of moving forward and um, trying to just go go on now for God, uh, it seemed like God would bring us wounded people from time to time. And uh, we became, we had a heart for them because we'd been there, you mm-hmm. know. And so we became a place where the wounded could come. Now, we wasn't seeking them out, you right. know, trying to get sure. people, other church mm-hmm. members or whatever. But, you know, uh, they walk in, and, and I took it very personal, very special, because it's if they're saved, that's God's child. And, you know, brother, with our children, we're not just going to let anybody help them when they're sick. Right. Right? Sure. That's true. So for me, when the Lord would bring one of His wounded to us, and I thought, all right, the Lord, you're trusting me with one that's already fragile. Mm-hmm. We want to help them. Right. And it kind of turned us into, as we work through our own wounds, and you're right, it takes time. Mm-hmm. People have to be understanding and patient on both sides. pastor wants everything to get back like it never happened. Well, it doesn't yeah. just happen like right. that. Yeah. And then the people, why is it not like it used to be? Mm-hmm. You know, well, there does take some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, fresh people coming in that don't have anything, to, don't have any knowledge of the mess, they get to come in, and that sometimes is a great help because mm-hmm. they can just come in and have church. And like fresh air They're so in. excited, <laughs> yeah. you know, They and they're hearing the same stuff the other folks are hearing, but the other folks are comparing it to, yeah. you know, let's just use numbers. They're yeah. comparing the congregational singing to when it was 500 singing, and now there's 100 singing. Uh-huh. Well, this this new crowd's coming in. They ain't never heard 100 people uh-huh. sing for God, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's so f- exciting, and yeah. it does breathe a breath of fresh air to those who... Sure. That helps, and then I think when when we saw God work it for good in mm-hmm. the sense of we became a place wounded could come, and God would use us to help them, mm-hmm. and they began to see. And the truth of the matter is, brother brother Fisher came and preached for us, and he had preached for our church all through the process for the first pastor, the second pastor, and certainly for me, we we've been friends. But he came and preached. And he tore off the scabs of their church's old wounds. And I don't know if you even know his story, but no, really. he took his church in, in after horrific mess mm-hmm. up by the pastor. Mm-hmm. Very small wounds. And he stood and preached with our church and shared some of those stories, mm-hmm. telling some pretty painful illustrations. Yeah. But he did it so that he could get to the end and then say, but let me just tell you what the Lord's doing now. Sure. And yeah. at that point, his church had grown mm-hmm. you know, exponentially and was mm-hmm. doing well. And I've got some people that are still in our church today who have been here through the, everything, and they will say, 
That was the first message where we felt like, wow, you mean it can be great again? Mm-hmm. And so the hope came. Sure. And I, and I think that's a big part of healing. We don't always want to reflect, and it don't have to be like numerically where it was per se, but the hope that it can be great again. Sure. It may be different, but it can be great again. Sure. Brother Fisher was used mightily to help our church see that, yeah. and that became a real help in the healing. And yeah. so I would... I would encourage the preachers and the people to understand it may not be the same, right. but it can be great again. Yeah. Well, I'm sure somebody listening or somebody that will listen uh, will perhaps at some point just listen to that and be encouraged because they so. may be in the mess, middle of a mess right oh, now yes. and wonder, can the sun ever shine again? Yes, you know? sir, and it can. Yeah. So as we wrap up uh, this this uh, edition of the podcast and our conversation with you, can you just maybe just share a word of, of somebody maybe who's sitting there listening, thinking, you know, I, I just want to serve the Lord, and yeah. I don't know that God would ever have me preach, but, yeah. you know, if he does, I, I'm open to it. Yeah. What, what would you say to somebody like that? Here's what I would say. I have done a lot of things at New Man Baptist Church through the years. As I said, I moved here. I wasn't even a preacher. Yeah. Now, I wasn't one of them that had run from it. Right. I really don't believe he had dealt right. with me. The next year, 96, is when he dealt with me about preaching. Mm-hmm. I fully thought it meant to serve as a lay preacher under the pastor, uh-huh. just do whatever. And so what I look, when I look back, I've done a lot of different things, as we would say, worn a lot of different hats. Every one of them was asked of me, mm-hmm. all right? So I just was a guy who, who was so excited to be a part of, what, of a place where God was doing something that whatever they asked me to do, I would say, I'm not sure I can do it, but I'll do the best I can. If you want me to, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, the, there's a, in that parable in the Bible where he says, You've been faithful over a few things. Uh-huh. I'll make you ruler over many. I often share that with young preachers and young Christians. I say, you know, the only thing I ever asked them to do was when I felt like the Lord did want me to be the pastor. Mm-hmm. But it was all those other things that I had done through the work of the ministry that I had just been asked, are you willing to do? Yeah. And I just felt like you're supposed to say yes. If the preacher asks you to do it, I thought you're supposed to say yes <laughs> and do the best you could. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean that I was cut out to do all of them. And you would hope that the pastor then would have the discernment after a little while mm-hmm. to say, hey, thanks for filling in for me, but let's get somebody yeah. else. Um, but that would be it for me. It would be just get in. Do, do everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to you know, be gifted in any of it. Yeah. If we had a work day, I was there working. Yeah. And uh, you know, if he had a prayer meeting, I was at the prayer meeting. And yeah. so when I'm sitting around the staff table now, Brother Kevin, with our staff, and we, somebody comes up and says, hey, we need somebody maybe to do this or do that. Do you know the names that come up are the ones that we're just bumping into because they're at everything? Yeah. We'll say, hey, what about so-and-so? Yeah. Man, that, that young man, he's at every prayer meeting. Yeah. He's at every work day. He's already helping over there and helping mm-hmm. over there, and we didn't even ask him to. Yeah. What about him? And so that would be it. Just yeah. you find ways to serve in that church with sure. gladness. And uh, you keep being faithful in all those little things they ask you to do. And then one of these days, you never know what God may ask you to do. Sure. So that would be it. Well, sure appreciate the uh, ministry here and what God's using you to do. And and I know it's not just here. I know you get uh, out and do several meetings a year. And so... COVID, maybe we get beyond that. And <laughs> we like, hope. I don't know that we're ever going to get back to normal, but we're, we're doing the best we can, yes, right? Sir. So, but appreciate the, the ministry and appreciate you being on my podcast today. Thank you, and sir. Look forward to uh, God continuing to maybe allow our paths to cross in the future. Yes, so once again, thanks for listening to uh, Labors in the Harvest podcast. Well, it was a great joy to um, finish our episode with uh, Pastor Tony Shirley today. And I don't know about you, but I sure enjoyed my conversation with him and hearing about how God has taken him on a journey of ministry and 
led him now to the place where he is uh, the pastor of New Man Baptist Church, as well as giving him a somewhat of a national platform uh, for ministry. And uh, the work of God never ceases to amaze me. The journey that God takes on, uh, his people on is always encouraging. I hope that it's been an encouragement to you uh, to listen to his story. And if you've enjoyed it, please uh, take a few moments to go to the place where you listen to the podcast and uh, give us a rating. On top of that, if you could take just a few moments and share uh, a testimony or share a thought about the podcast, that would be much, much appreciated. Also, I want to encourage you, if you've not done so, to visit our website, kevinfolger.com. There you'll learn a little bit more about my life and the ministry that God has given to us now as we're in this, what I call the fourth quarter of life and uh, we're working with the ministry called Spiritual Leadership Asia. If we can be a help to you, a blessing, if you're a pastor, we sure would count it a, a privilege to be able to come to your church and share that ministry or just to try to be an encouragement to you. Thank you again for taking some time today to listen to Labors in the Harvest podcast, and we pray that uh, God will use this podcast in your life. I hope that you have a great day. May the Lord bless you. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Mm-hmm.